Welcome back to Administrative Static. Mark and I uh, saw, we knew about the case, but we saw an article on uh, consumers' research uh, by 2LP versus Consumer Product Safety Commission out of the Fifth Circuit um, by our friend Carrie Severino. Um, And she was, uh, she admired that there, this case is about Humphrey's executor, which is a case from the 20s that allowed um, the early 30s, early 30s, 34, excuse me, um, that allowed the FTC to um, to exist, even though the president can't fire the the heads of it without cause. And so this is this has to do with the unitary executive and separation of powers and all these kinds of things. And the court has really in later in later years been backing off of the underlying um, thoughts about about how an agency can be constructed. And so there were three, this was a three judge panel and um, I'm, they're asking for an en banc now because, uh, because they lost consumers research by two. And it was before Jones, Dennis and Willett. And Willett wrote the majority opinion and I have some sympathy for it because he is under the Supreme Court. What's he supposed to do, right? So he and Dennis decided that they are gonna uphold this the structure of the CPSC, based on Humphrey's executor. And they said, well, look, um, Humphrey's executive is, is a binding precedent. We're not the Supreme Court. So we're going to look at this and we're going to say, yeah, it allows CPSC to do these things. But uh, Judge Jones wasn't having it, Mark. <laughs> what did she no, say? No, she wasn't having it. And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm partial to Judge Jones's uh, view of this, and it's uh, and it tracks the view that that NCLA has expressed in a couple of of different cases, which is to say, and in this one, well, and in this one, yes, we <laughs> we filed we filed an amicus brief here. Uh, the look when Humphrey's executor was decided in, in 1935, I think it was the uh, uh, the FTC was a very different creature. The Federal Trade Commission was a very different creature than than it is now, and what the you know, what the court said then was it was upholding it because it didn't view uh, the FTC as, um, you know, as as exerting sort of executive power. And because it, it wasn't doing that, uh, it was okay that the president didn't have control uh, over the agency. Well, factual question whether or not that was true in, in 1935, but whether it was true then or not, let me tell you about the Consumer Product Safety Commission, where I was, uh, where I was an employee for uh, for over a year. They're exerting executive power. Okay, <laughs> I mean they are uh, they are the authority that can require people to. You used to say we are right. Yeah, we used to say that's right. That's right. Uh, the, the CPSC is uh, uh, is in charge of recalls, product recalls. Right, they can order a product to no longer be sold. That is an executive power. They can come after you and fine you if you are selling recalled products or doing other things that that the law forbids. That is executive power. The CPSC can go to court and 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 uh, sue you or enjoin you. Uh, it can it can keep things at the ports and prevent them from coming into the country. That is all quintessential executive power. So whether or not the FTC in 1935 was uh, was uh, using executive power. The CPSC in 2024 is definitely using executive power. 
And the fact that these individuals are not subject to the authority of the president is a real problem. And I have given the example of what happened at the beginning of the Trump administration in 2017, when from January 20th to sometime in October, a majority of the CPSC was Democrats who uh, controlled the commission. And even though President Trump was able to designate one of the minority commissioners as the acting chairman of, of the commission and did so, that person didn't have control over the agenda, didn't have control over the votes, and couldn't prevent the agency from passing a whole bunch of rules that the minority commissioners opposed and that President Trump opposed. That is not okay under our constitutional system. It's not the kind of self-government uh, that we have. And this case, I think, is is well positioned to tee up that uh, that issue. And I, I believe this is the one brought by our friends at the Pacific Legal yes. Foundation, if I'm yes. not mistaken. And, right? and I think... And but I do say I, I I agree with everything you just said. But I, there is one thing that uh, Judge Jones said, which is with some trepidation, and she's not very trepidatious. So, <laughs> in recognition of his careful exegesis, uh, exegesis of Cecilia Law as it applies to this case, I respectfully dissent because there has been there is Celia Law. So uh, what the court has been trying to do, the Supreme Court has been trying to do, is move the law back to where it should be because of how our constitution is, but not overrule Humphrey's executor because they've been asked to do it in some of these cases. Yeah. And so for those who don't remember, so, and I say sale law, I'm not sure. The sale right is probably right. Uh, but, but what the court has said is with these uh, single administrator agencies, uh, we are not going to allow the, like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau yeah. in the case of sale law or like, uh, was it the Federal Housing Authority in the case of, of Collins? Collins, yeah. Um, I think that's right. And th th when you have these single administrator agencies, we are not going to allow this kind of of uh, tenure protection and prevention of the president from, from, from firing those people. But with the multi-member agencies like the FTC or the CPSC or FERC or what have you, then in those cases, we are going to allow the um, uh, the tenure protection for the individuals on those multi-member uh, agencies. Now, if I were trying to to defend Judge Willett, I would you know I would say that that's a reasonable line to draw that multi-member agencies are different than single administrator agencies and you could argue about whether or not the tenure protections there uh, are less of a problem. But given my own experience and seeing what happened at the CPSC in 2017, I think it's a huge problem, and I think you're you're allowing executive power to be exerted by agencies that are not under the president's control, and that is not okay under our Constitution. And it's not what uh, Humphrey's executor permitted in 1935. It didn't say this is executive power that's being exerted, and that's okay. It said executive power is not being exerted, and therefore it's okay. And that's very different. And I think there was I think there was room here, and that's what our amicus brief said is there's room to to, to reverse Humphrey's executor, and you should do that, by the way, when this gets to the Supreme Court. But even applying Humphrey's executor as decided in 1935, uh, you know, you, there's still room. And, and in fact, what Judge Jones does, and, and again, this is what I think is, is so lovely about her dissent, is she says, no, 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 you're the one majority that is expanding the scope of uh, you know of Humphrey's executor, and that's what we can't do as a uh, as a as a lower court. Right, because this isn't the FTC. 
right? That's and you're right. applying it to another agency. And um, I think that... Uh, well, not just another agency, but an agency that is exerting executive power in a way that, that the FTC was not that, that is, allegedly in 1935. That, right, exactly. But, but um, and what we said is, first... Um, we, we do say Humphrey's exec, we said Humphrey's exec, executor should be reconsidered um, and for all those reasons, but they're the Fifth Circuit, they're not the Supreme Court, but but in any event, um, it, sh- it shouldn't be, gui- it it, shouldn't it be, be guiding here. It could be confined to its facts. Exactly. You know, that happens sometimes. Lower <laughs> courts will, uh, will cabin precedent from the Supreme Court uh, appropriately sometimes. Right, but the next... Um, and and I think um, they're they're moving for en banc review by the Fifth Circuit, and um, I think we'll probably say there should be en banc review. It, uh, it might be the, tough to get with with Judge Willett, you know, you know, unless he reverses his his view on this. Uh, it might might be tough. See, to See, I think he'll. Oh, he, I have a different view of it. Oh, okay. Um, I think because both of the opinions were. Um, you know, on the margin, he he didn't give some full-throated roar for Humphrey's executor. He says it's a hard question that all these all, that that somehow um, getting all these precedents to mesh <laughs> is a difficult judicial task. He may think that they should have on banc and see what goes on. Um, I'm sure there's always pride of uh, in your opinion, and you always want it to stick. But uh, you may not resist on banc if you think that the whole issue really isn't your fault. <laughs> it's the Supreme Court's fault. And the Supreme Court, I think, um, would be well served by an on banc panel. And if it's like this and they split, and but each, each judge tries to reconcile all this nonsense, basically, well, <laughs> that the Supreme Court has left them, that, that might be instructive. Well, and it may depend on how many judges call Judge Willett and say, hey, I really want to write about this. Uh, <laughs> you know, can, 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 we get, can we get a majority to uh, call for an en banc? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to share this one paragraph from, uh, from Judge Jones. She said, Judge Willett writes that holding the CPSC structure violates the separation of powers would, quote, adjust the borders, unquote, of uh, the Humphreys executor exception. But applying law to a new set of facts does not adjust a legal rule's borders. Indeed, a decision holding the CPSC's structure unconstitutional would sit comfortably side by side with Humphrey's executor. If anything, Judge Willett's writing expands the borders of Humphrey's executor by extending the rule from agencies that do not exercise executive power to those that do. And I think that's the key uh, sort of point of, of dispute between Judge Willett and Judge Jones uh, in this case. And I, I just frankly think Judge Jones has the better of the argument. I think you're right, and uh, we'll you know we'll we'll see uh, how they come out. But I do think that the Supreme Court is going to have to fix this problem because uh, it if you read Humphrey's executor and you look at even the FTC right now, um, maybe they don't do it in this case because they want to do it with the FTC and be right you know have Humphrey's executor right there. Who knows? But it sure looks it sure looks. Uh, like a good vehicle for it anyway, because uh, this is, as you said, I don't even think the government says it's not executive power. They didn't even try that. Yeah, no, I think they're trying to they're trying to hang their hat on the multi-member uh, agency bit. And um, uh, you know, Judge Jones says that Judge Willett argues that the CPSC's multi-member structure alone permits uh, for-cause removal, but that can't be the case if Humphrey's executor also requires that multi-member agencies not ex- not exercise executive power. So I, I do think, I think you're right, John. I think this is going to have to get decided by the Supreme Court sooner or later, possibly in this case. We'll see. Exactly. All right. We'll be back in a little bit. 